Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey y'all, welcome back. Hey Barb, how are you doing? I am doing really good. I had a really good Christmas. I cannot complain. Um, love spending time with the family. How was yours and how are you? I'm good. I can't, I can't complain either, you know. I love spending time with with all of my family and everything. So I'm just, I'm low key kind of gra- glad it's over though. So I can just relax for this next week. Um, but yeah, we're happy to be back. Don't forget Thursday is the voters episode. So make sure you tune in. Also, please, please, please like, share and or follow our social media pages. It really helps us get the word out. And don't forget about merch as well. But let's go ahead and get into today's episode. It's kind of a shorter one, but that's okay. It's a really important one. Um, Information that I got is from Wikipedia, as always, uh, tdcj.texas.gov, usatoday.com, murderpedia.org, and findagrave.com. So quite a few places. So, and I'm going to say trigger warning on this one. It's pretty brutal. Um, So just warning at the beginning. Today I'm going to be telling you all about a woman who was in charge of a murder for life insurance money. And we've seen this before multiple times. This woman was one of six different people who tortured a man and would would end up killing him so they can take his money. I guess is I'm pretty sure it was life insurance money. So yeah. So before we get into this horrific murder, I want to tell you a little bit about the victim. His name was Lewis Charles Buddy Musso. Everyone called him Buddy, so that's what I'm going to refer to him as in today's episode. Buddy was born in 1939 in New Jersey. He was married once before he met the woman we'll be talking about today, but with his first wife, he had a son. His first wife would unfortunately pass due to cancer in the year of 1980. Well, he would eventually move into an assisted living facility because he actually was mentally handicapped. So, Buddy was, it didn't say what he had or anything like that. It just said that he mentally handicapped and they just left it at that. Um, But that didn't change anything for him. That this handicap was not a problem for him. He was actually working as a bagger in a store in 1997. So, he had a family He had a job, you know, had a child and all that. And he would soon meet Susanna at a church function. And I believe it was like some kind of church fair that was happening near his home. And at the time they met, Buddy was 58 and Susan was 43. So there was more than a 10 year age gap. So this is when their relationship kind of began at this church function. They became friends, you know, talked out with each other became closer and Susanna actually lived in Texas and I believe he was still living in New Jersey. So for some reason she was in New Jersey, didn't say why or anything like that, but they were making their relationship work for a long distance relationship. And after a while he was ready to make the move to Texas with Susanna. And this, this decision wouldn't, she definitely coerced him to do it. Um, she 
told him all of these things that she would do for him, how she would take care of him. And she, and she is a disgusting human being. And when I tell you about, about all this stuff, you guys will kind of see where I'm coming from. But he would eventually make the move to the Houston area in June, on June 14th, 1998. So just a, like about a year later after they had met. So for somebody to make that decision that quickly, you know, there had to be some, some talking to that. So now I want to tell you a little bit about Susanna. So she was born in 1954 in New York. Fun fact, Susanna's mother was related to Robert Garrow and she was actually his older sister. And if you don't know who he was, he was known as a spree killer and went on an 18 day spree killing, killing and raping run before he was caught. So there's already some ties with serial killing and stuff like that in her family. But sorry about that. I just want, thought that was like a really interesting thing. Um, Susanna was actually married in 1970 and had the last name Peak. She would, she would have her first child in 1973 who would be a girl, and then she had a son in 1974. Well, the husband was a garbage person, just like her, and because this is because, and this is insane to me what happens. In 1982, he was charged, and guess what he was charged for? Um, freaking, I don't even know. It could be so many freaking different things. So he was charged for molesting his daughter. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I'm guessing he was not in prison for long because he and Susanna and their children moved to Houston. Yeah, you heard that right. She stayed with them, and they were still able to have their children even though he was charged with molesting his daughter. What the heck? I don't. How does that even make any sense? And I don't know if it was, like, when he got out, they, like, ran away together to get away from police or how this worked. But I don't think that the children should have even been in the same vicinity as this man. And this tells this kind of describes the type of person she is to allow him to still be around them, even though he literally went to prison for molesting their child. Yep. So that, that kind of... Ex- explains how she is and how who he is and it'll explain why their children are the way they are as well so these two were meant for each each other because they are both complete trash they would actually end up changing their identities when they came to houston and susanna was actually able to become a security guard for an apartment complex and now how is that possible how can you change your name and then work for a security guard company Aren't they supposed to be doing all these background checks and all this and that? But I don't know. Just this whole case was like stressing me out. But things didn't last long before Susanna found another man named Carmine Beso. I believe that's how you say it. She would never officially divorce her first husband. So Susanna and Carmine never got married. She would still change her last name to Beso and would call Carmine her husband. He would actually die in 1997, but that's basically a, run, a quick rundown of Susanna and her past with men and so on and so forth. And it didn't say much about who Carmine was as a person, if he was like the other husband or not, or if he was like her. Um, 
But remember I said that Buddy moved to Houston June 14th, 1998? Yeah. Well, just 16 days after he came to Houston, his entire life would change forever. That 16 days later, they would end up murdering him after moving there. Mm. Yeah. And remember, she had her husband died in 1997, and that's the same year that she met Buddy as well. So I, if I knew how her, does, her husband died, I'd be like, was she responsible for it or not? But there were multiple people involved in this murder, like I said before. The people's names were James O'Malley, Bernice Miller, Craig Aarons, I think that's how you say it, and Hope Aarons, Terrence Singleton, and Susanna Bezos. And it was literally all of her children were involved in this. And what's going to happen next? And it's... Okay, so before I tell you what happened, I'm going to put a picture here so you can see Buddy's sweet face. And I want you to look at it and just take a second and see his sweet little face. And I want you to be as angry as I am when I tell you what they did to this poor man. And he looks so, like, innocent. Like, like he, he literally looks like he would do no harm. Literally, like, he just is, he seems like a happy-go-lucky type of person. And I'm definitely going to post this on the social media, guys. So if y'all want to see what we're kind of talking about, go to any of our social media and you'll be able to see this picture. But it just, it disgusts me that these people exist in the world and were able to do what they did. So, I just wanted you to take a minute and look at that. So, it started off as all of the murders, like, it started off with the, all the people, like the murderers, making Buddy do chores around the house. So, due to there being evidence that Buddy had injuries from before he was murdered, I'm gonna assume that they were beating him on the regular, and, like, sort of like, you know, how, like a Cinderella story, how she would be, she would be, um, like, in trouble if she didn't do all these chores correctly. I see that as being this type of situation where if they said clean the dishes and he didn't do them fast enough, they would hit him or something. And there was even, like, people, like, witnesses coming up and saying, like, oh, I saw just a week before the murders that he had two black eyes when he was walking around and he had all these bruises on his face and so on and so forth. And um, what Susanna would tell people as she's like, oh, well, he was getting, he got beat by a Mexican gang. And because this was, this was all took place in Galena Park, which is near like Pasadena, Texas. And so she would just like, oh, it was this gang or it was that gang or, so on and so forth, basically making up all the ex- excuses as to why this man was had all these bruises on his face. Mind you, he's 58 years old, so he already, you know, probably bruises a little easier, but still, it's just like, mm, days, 16 days of him having to do chores and being basically tortured throughout those days. But either way, he had injuries prior to his death whether it be they were hitting him or he fell or whatever it may be. So James told the police that Buddy was murdered at Bernice's apartment. There was a child's play mat in the apartment. I'm going to assume that was in the living room or in a bedroom. 
and they would make Buddy sit on this child's play mat while they beat him. They would first burn him with cigarettes over and over and over again. So he had cigarette burns all over his body. Not only that, but they beat him at the same time using belts, a baseball bat, steel-toed shoe boots, their hands, their feet, whatever they can grab to hit him, they used it. And they did this through an entire day and into the next day until he died. Man, I don't I don't understand that. That just uh, like I don't understand what why people do it, especially like most of the cases we cover are because of insur like money, insurance or like jealousy. But it's like it still blows my mind how people really think that especially with the group this big doing it that they were never going to get caught. Exactly. And then being seen with them and being seen like oh, she tried to go in and get her name put on his insurance policy and like stuff backtracks. Like people don't realize that things are followed all the time. Yep. And it's just, and, and the fact that they did all of this torture for money. And yep. I doubt he had that much money, like insurance money because his wife had already, his wife had passed. So he may have gotten some things from her, but don't they think that everything was going to go to his son? You know, everything was probably in his son's name. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the whole, like, between that year of 1997 and 98, how things worked through that. But I just think it's insane that they literally beat this man for money that probably wouldn't even gone to them. It's so sad. But... I just wanted to remind you guys that Susanna was in charge of this entire thing. She would sit by and cheer on the others to continue to beat him over and over and over again. And all of this pain and suffering would end up causing Buddy to die. And after he was murdered, the perpetrators took his body and put him inside of a bathtub. Well, when they put him inside of the bathtub, they would pour kitchen cleaner bleach and then they would take a wire brush and scrape his skin off of his bones and break down all of the skin oh. yeah I sorry I try to give you a trigger but it's just like the visual thing in my head I just can't and then after they did all of this they proceed to put clothes on him on his body that was already decomposing because they put all this chemical on him and then they would just dump his body on the side of the road. Or it didn't say exactly where he was found. Some say by a dumpster and some say it was just in a ditch or something. Either way, they dumped him like he was trash on the side of the road in the Galena Park area. And then it didn't say how many days or anything like that. But a jogger would end up finding his body and call the police right away. And later on, it would, it would say that his death was due to, quote, multiple blunt impact traumas, end quote. And that was by the, the Galena Pol Park Police Department. So, yeah. That was basically everything that happened to him. And it didn't take long for the police to find out who did this. Because obviously, there were literally six people were with him at all times. Because he's mentally handicapped. He, he could do things by himself, yeah. But he still has to go to doctor's appointments and all these go to the grocery store and all this stuff and I don't know 
if he was mentally handicapped, I don't know if that meant he could drive or not. Like I said, it's hard to tell whenever you don't have what he, what was the issue, right? So when they found Susanna, she would confess that her son and his friends were the ones responsible for killing Buddy in that she did beat him at some point, but her son and his friends beat him for a full day before his death. So basically she's trying to put all of the blame on the others and not on herself, kind of saying like, oh, I barely did it, you know, I only did like a few things, but that's it. Which, no, you were there, you sat there and watched them and cheered them on. And there's, all these people are testifying that you did this. So you're the one who literally lured him to Houston. So you can be quiet. But she would then say that she drove the car when Buddy was in the trunk to dump his body and that she never, like, she didn't never get out or anything like that. She just drove it. But honestly, these people are so disgusting because they would end up to admitting that this was all done because they wanted the life insurance money. And like we said before, they tortured him for money. Like this disgusting, ugh, I can't, this case, I'm like, I can't believe I've never heard of this and nobody's talking about it. And like these disgusting people did all of this. Yeah, and it literally blows my mind. Like, what? The, not only did they kill him, but like the aftermath of what they did with his body. It's like, no, no, like, I feel like there's different tiers of killers. Like, you got a tier one, a tier two, a tier three, a tier four, maybe all the way, like, worse is tier five. And like, this ain't no tier one level, level killer. Like, this is someone who knew what they were doing and planned this and then executed it so like what tier is that like this isn't just your base level killer you know yeah yeah and then the fact that it took six of them and to do this to one person it makes me wonder if it was like they believed a certain belief or like if maybe they, they were actually in a cult or something like that yeah I mean, she just, like, Susanna already seemed like a nasty person whenever she allowed her husband to be back in her children's life. Like, that was already a huge red flag for me. Yep. But, yeah, it just, this whole case makes me so sick to my stomach. And I told, I'm only sharing this because of the fact that nobody's talking about what these people did. And all of them, but one of them is still alive. So... And the fact that I've never even heard of this and we've been into true crime basically our whole lives. Like, yeah, I don't know. But as for the charges, I didn't, I'm not going to go into all the trial and all that stuff because they're not important to even talk about like that. But James got a life sentence. Bernice was sentenced to 80 years in prison. Craig received 60 years in prison. Hope made a deal with the police to testify against Susanna and got a 20 year sentence. Terrence was sentenced to life in prison, and last but not least, Susanna was actually sentenced to death. Unfortunately, Texas stopped serving last meals, um, so she ate what the prison served her, which was baked chicken, fish, boiled eggs, carrots, green beans, and sliced bread. So that was technically her last meal, if you think about it. Um, But she would end up dying February 5th, 2014 in the Huntsville prison, which is pretty common for Texas. And she has no last words because when they asked her, they, she just said, no, sir. That was her last words. And in 11 minutes after the lethal injection was given, she was dead. 
But that's pretty much it for today's case. What did you think, Barb? I think it's freaking crazy. I think it's freaking crazy that you could convince... Like, it's one of those cases that we ju- you just covered, and I said the same thing in that one. It's crazy that you can convince so many people to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Like, that right there is freaking crazy. And not only that, but nobody even bothered to crack and say, oh my god, I can't believe what I just did. I gotta go tell the police, like, what was I thinking? No, they all stayed quiet, and they all said yes. So it's freaking crazy to think that that happened yeah and it seems like it's definitely a family thing because like her brother was a serial killer and she ended up being disgusting and then her kids would be involved in this so it was just like going down so i hope none of her kids ever have children and i hope that family line just stops and doesn't produce any more spawns please because y'all got it definitely like a curse or something for real but yeah um sorry for that one guys but please share this episode because it's really important and i want people to be talking about this um and about the victim and how much he suffered for something so small but thank you all for tuning in into today's case we hope you all have an amazing week tune in for thursdays for the voter uh, for thursday's voters episode and please let us know what you think by emailing us at tcwtm2021 at gmail.com on Instagram at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder with no spaces, Facebook at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder, and Twitter at Texas Chicks Who with the number one. As always, stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.